welcome back episode five of the bot online podcast we are just we are making such good progress on these episodes coming out with fairly regular shows but um once again i am your host nicholas and i got my boy akil let us know you're at where to follow you uh you can follow me on everything at a k i l d i n h o akil dino yeah akil dino I'll, I'll put all his uh his info i'll put your twitter in the bio um and we, we got to start like a that reminds me we got to start like a twitter for our show um yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Let's go, yeah. um but yeah we're here we got a lot to talk about um two big uh yeah they were both semi two big semifinals um on opposite sides of the world um some some transfer deals that are official no rumors today we're just going to talk about the official deals uh rabio sarabia and gabriel martinelli the three big ones um from today and then let me tell you something about nba free agency man they was throwing the cash it was crazy um, looking like a strip club out here on oh god all these owners are just they, money they just don't care but we'll get to that in part two of the podcast but we're not gonna waste any more of your time we're gonna go straight into the point usa versus england uh, it is so prophetic that it's going to be July 4th in two days. Like, England is just taking massive L's, man. <laughs> I feel I feel really bad for England, but this game was amazing. Akil and I were just saying, women's soccer, especially the USA women's national team, they have been a joy to watch. What do you think about that, Akil? This has been... You know, I followed the team in 2015, and that was a great team, too. But this one is just something else, man. There's just something about this team is just inspiring for everybody, I guess you could say. They're playing really well. They're dominating. They're making everybody else in Europe look bad. And um, today was just another result of that. That's what happened. Yeah, uh, and like we were saying when they played uh, France the other day, they made France, I think France were co-favorites with the U.S. for the tournament. Yep. And France, the U.S. defense just stifled. Like, France did not have any chances at all. And the only goal that France got from uh, Renard, I think her name is, yeah. was was just on a free kick that only she could get. Like, it was just a perfectly floated in ball. And and nobody could reach it. But other than that, the U.S. defense played lights out. And then Tobin Heath and Rapino on the counter were insane. And once That's again, usual. yeah, once again today, in that first half, the U.S. counterattack and the energy from the midfield, it was sick. Who who do you think was uh, the key to the victory today? There was a few players. Julie Ertz. As usual, Julie, I, I, I could stand, I could stand by this statement that Julie Ertz can go into any top six Premier League team right now and dominate. I'm, I'm, I'll stand oh by that statement. Oh my god, yo, she was a tank. I like, and she always is. She's always aware. She does not care about anything. She doesn't care about who you are, what you look like. She's gonna clatter you, and she does not care. She had a really big game. Uh, that midfield three, I guess you could say, Roosevelt had a really good game, dribbling through everybody. She. And, she's one of those players that it doesn't look right but she gets it done <laughs> yeah like she's so small so skinny too it's just like how how, how are you here what do you what do you do she but she's 
she's got the skills to pay the bills. She does. Because even yep. even when she when she dribbles, bro, I get scared. I'm like, bro, what are you like? You're about to lose yeah, the ball. Please don't get hurt. Please don't get hurt. Please don't hurt. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But she's she's a natural. And Lindsay Horan just is. Lindsay Horan's another tank too. She uh, she's a baller. She should have been starting every single game of this World Cup, in my opinion, but. You know, it wasn't it didn't work out that way. But she's been really, really solid every single game that she's played. So uh-huh. I get for that. Yeah. And then um if you want to just go into everybody, basically the attack was very decent on the counter again today. And Press came in for Rapino, who's injured and got herself a goal, played really well. Alex Morgan finally scored against somebody not named Thailand. <laughs> and um Don't hate you know, that, that's that's the T. That's the T. It's true. It's true. That's the T. But, but yeah, yeah go ahead. I was gonna say to be to be fair, the U.S. did play well. Obviously, they they won and they scored two really well worked goals, two headers mm-hmm. that were beautiful. But they were hanging on in the second half. Yes, it, it it was it was not a blowout at all. Um, I, I was reading online and after I was watching the the post game show and forget her name but one of the female analysts was saying that phil neville he switched to he switched the formation around a little bit today in the first half yeah. um um what's her name any any Ali, Ali Yoko or something like yeah, that? yeah yeah her from yeah, yeah. from fox she, she used to play yeah she used to play for england yeah so yeah she, she knows she knows that yeah no she was actually making some really good like analytical points and the main one she was making was that they uh phil neville moved nikita uh Nikita Paris into like the number ten role, and in that first half, she was, I don't. She was saying that I don't think she's ever played as a number ten, and she got kind of caught in a weird spot between like, do I stay up, do I go back? And it was in those first twenty minutes that the U.S. did their damage, mm. and that's that's all it took. And um, I, f- I forgot the analyst's name again, but what she said, uh, she said all it takes is. 10 15 minutes in football to lose a game like it doesn't matter how good you play for 70 80 minutes it comes down to like these little moments um and to be fair i mean england had the u.s on the ropes i mean those last 15 minutes were crazy um and then i want to talk about this real quick you do not think the ellen white goal was offside I didn't think it was. I, 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 at first glance, yes, it isn't. Uh-huh. It's it obviously like we think that she played that perfectly. The problem I have with VAR is just like, yo, I could just have my toe offside and it'll be offside. And obviously, yes, that's that's offside. Whatever. Yeah. The whole before that, that's a clear onside call. Maybe it's human error, but that's so small that we can't see with our eyes. We needed the technology to see it. So it's just like. Dang, technology's ruining everything because that that's that's an onside goal if uh, a year ago without VAR, like yeah, and then but go ahead, go ahead, yeah, yeah, but like you know that's that's just the nature of the game now. It's just like we're gonna be making calls by centimeters, millimeters, and that's what's gonna happen. I mean, unfortunately for Ellen White, she didn't grab her brace, but that's that. I mean, yeah, and another thing too about that is like, I mean, the rules are the rules. It's like if you're that's the rule of the game, you, you can't be offside. Um, and she, it wasn't, it was a, a little bit of her body. I mean, it was really harsh, a tiny bit. but those are the ones that kind of irked me. Cause it was like such a beautiful ball. She yeah. made the perfect run. Like it wasn't one of those cheese offside goals that you're like, yeah, you were offside. It was like, 
it was such a brilliant football play. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, and it, it denied her. I think it was the equalizer at that point. Yeah, um, it was the equalizer. And it, then also, that's when the game like shifted to okay, England aren't scoring again. Because at that moment, Jell Ellis knew it was like, okay, let me drop Julie Ertz back in the center back. Let's play the five back like we did against France. And let's just soak up the pressure and then we get everything clear. Uh-huh. And that's how that game ended. And well, you're missing out on a key point because they did have another chance. Um, oh, yes, they did. <laughs> Ellen White. Um, she came up with the goods again. I forgot who put the ball in, but it was a beautiful cross. And then Ellen White got clipped. Oh, my goodness. It was. It, it To me, that was like a defender's nightmare because you couldn't you can't make a challenge like you already got beat. And in the end, it actually ended up being a good decision because the U.S. was able to save that penalty. Mm-hmm. And. Hope Solo was getting absolutely roasted online. Oh my goodness! As, as usual, yeah. And I mean, shout out to Nair though because people have been saying that she was the only weakness. I'm talking about the U.S. goalkeeper. Um, yeah, people have been slating her because I think in those first, I think against Sweden and in a couple of those games, she she looked shaky. Um, against France too, at some points, kind of a little nervous. But today she stepped up. Big. I don't know if you've seen that save that she made in the first half. Yeah, that, dude. That, that curler that was going over her Jeez. head. She had a great performance. She had a Tim Howard-esque performance today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, t- bro. She was looking like Zach Steffen out there. Tim Howard. Uh, Tim she- Howard is old news, bro. Uh, but yeah, they uh, they played. She had a really good game. The penalty was a really good save as well. I mean, Becky Salver knew that you know. There's only one thing she could do is just run across, and if she makes contact, she makes contact, and that's why you know it happened. Yeah. Um, the penalty, though, I mean, did you really have to put Steph Hutton on it? I understand that she's a really good set piece taker, but uh, you have a hot striker in um, uh-huh. Ellen White to come take step up and take the penalty, and you didn't give it to her. And it's just stuff like that. Like that's where your money is made. Like uh, and you said it during the uh, that after game. <clears throat> after game show what she was talking about for the Neville it's just uh-huh. like yeah like you gotta make those correct decisions and you did it so now you're out now you're gonna be playing the third place match yeah I mean I, I do agree too because Ellen White was on fire she could not miss it was crazy like as a United fan uh this game reminded me of I, I don't you you won't remember Akil probably not but when we played Southampton in the Carabao Cup two, three years ago, Mourinho's first year, and Manolo Gabbiadini was on fire. This dude was couldn't stop scoring, and I think he had one goal ruled out for offside, but like he should have had a hat trick. And there's there's some games when the striker is just so hot. Uh, actually, I shouldn't <laughs> I shouldn't say that, talking about women's soccer, but... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh-oh. uh-oh. Yeah, let me, let me catch myself. I, I didn't mean to say that. Um, but she was on fire, let me say that. Um, she should have had a hat trick, um, but football—it's—it's it's just one of those games. The ball doesn't lie. The U.S. gritted it out just like they did against France. They—they they held on. It was not pretty, but they held on, and now they are going to move on to the final. And that's what makes champions right there, because you know you can't win every single game pretty. There's going to be times where you have to grind it out and play dirty. <laughs> like how they did today and they got themselves dirty and they won the game so 
if anybody deserves to win this tournament, it's them, and hopefully they go on and win it on. Yeah, and then we'll see. I believe tomorrow is the next semifinal: uh, Netherlands versus Sweden. So yep. it would be it would be nice to see to see Sweden one more time because being them already. I honestly I think the Dutch win the game tomorrow. That's uh they've they've been also the other best team in the tournament, and um yeah yeah we'll see how that goes. Yeah, and they have that strike duo from Arsenal, I believe. Yeah, but yeah, we will see. The final is going to be this weekend, and we'll we will see. Uh, this has been. I, I remember 2015, and that final was absolutely lit when we just kamikaze in oh, Japan. <laughs> I, I don't think that's the correct word. We could just, yeah. Uh. <laughs> I, I already messed up once, dude. I might as well just go for it again. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, it's going to be a really good final um, for a really good World Cup. And another thing, too, as real quick before we move on to the next game, VAR... VAR has been in the group stages. It screwed over a couple teams, but in in the latter stages of the tournament, it's it's been pretty solid. But today, in the Copa America semifinal of Brazil versus Argentina, VAR. I don't know if it was VAR. I don't know if it was the ref. I don't know who was making these decisions, but Argentina. I can I can say. With my whole entire heart, Argentina was robbed today. What do you think, Akil? Um, yeah, they had a few calls they should have got. And honestly, like, you know, the first Brazil goal, I feel like there was a foul on uh, Paredes when Danny Alves got the ball. In the buildup, right right before yeah, the goal. Yeah. Right before the goal. The second goal, too. Osamedi gets clattered by Allen. I mean, not Allen, Arthur. And uh, JC's well. No, that. Oh wait, no, no, no. It was Aguero. Yeah, Aguero got clattered in the box. Yeah, yeah. And then they go on a run. Jesus puts Otamendi in a spin cycle and then lays it (laughs) off for Firmino. I I think it was Foyth that got spinned. It might have been both actually. No, well, Foyth made the challenge and then Jesus got past him. And then he just. You already know. I I know Nicholas Otamendi. So when I saw Nicholas (laughs) Otamendi running with, running at Jesus, I was like, okay, dude. He's on the same team as you. Please do not clatter him. Please, whatever you do, we do not need him hurt. Whatever you do. So, and luckily, he uh, pulled out of that challenge and let him go by. Because yeah. he's thinking, you know, City's more important than Argentina, obviously. Yeah, and then, who, I don't know who the, I think it was Foyth that was the last defender. Or was it Otamendi? Otamendi was the last defender. Yeah. Foyth was the one that got beat before. Yeah, yeah but Otamendi on that last one, like you said, he pulled out of the challenge. But okay, I, I know it's hard to defend two on one. So that's like, uh, it's really hard. You, you're gonna make the wrong decision either way. But yeah. to me, like, you gotta at least get one guy. Like, he just he he didn't even challenge Jesus. Like Jesus literally just stops and passes it to Firmino. Like it was pretty embarrassing. And then the goalkeeper too. I don't the goalkeeper, the Argentinian goalkeeper to me is, I haven't seen the whole tournament yet, but. He seems kind of dodgy to me. I'm wondering where Sergio Romero is. But who? Sergio Romero. Who? World Cup starter. World Cup final starting goalkeeper. Who? Um, to be fair, yes, he's probably is better than Armani. But but yeah, I mean, another. Ah, this one was really cruel because Brazil has not looked good this whole entire tournament. They have been. Ah, oh, man. I feel it's really they, unfair. 
Yeah, and, it, and the thing is, it ain't over yet because you still have an opportunity to play against the defending, uh, two-time defending champs right now. Yeah. The holders in Chile, so. Yeah, Chile versus Peru. Um, tomorrow. Tomorrow. And you never know, Peru Peru is, when it comes to these one-off games, you never know. Peru has always been a, a really good, solid footballing side um, these past couple of years. But, yeah, I mean, Messi once again, uh, he had a good performance today. Um, a couple of nice pieces of link up he challenged allison a couple times allison came up really big today on on some of those free kicks and some of the saves he made but still this team just feels as far as argentina going forward it feels so top heavy like i I don't know if if you were the manager keel like what what do you do with this team which players do you choose going forward i have no idea dude (laughs) (laughs) it's so tough Yes, because you know you're so you're great on the offense, and then you look at the defense, and it's like okay, we don't have a right back, a proper right back. Uh-huh. Um, we have probably one of the best young and up and coming uh, left backs. Our center backs can uh, have a mistake in them. Goal- uh, goalkeeper's dodgy. Yeah, goalkeeper's not that great either. So it's just like okay, the best player on our defense is Tagliafico right now. So, uh-huh. you know, maybe like finding a right back, which probably would need you need to help finding a right back in that position. Maybe another center back. I mean, I'm saying this like they can't they can transfer people, but they can't. <laughs> so it's just like yeah. you gotta you gotta like scout people. Yeah, and I'm I mean to be fair, I mean France and Germany when they won, they didn't have proper fullbacks. Like Pavard and, and Lucas were fullbacks, you know. Um but yeah, I don't know the the combination up front. Like, Messi's obviously gonna start, but then Aguero, man, like, he's just not the same uh, in Argentina. Um, and I think it's because they ask him to do a little bit more when he's than he when he's with City. But I mean, Lautaro had a good game. It looks like he has a bright Argentina future. Yep. Um, but then again, like Di Maria. You already know what you're going to get from him. Lo Celso is still young. He doesn't contribute enough. And they need him to. They didn't even play him, which is an unfortunate thing. But hey. Yeah, and then Paredes, solid midfielder. But I don't know. It, it's a depressing day to be an Argentina fan. Um, and a, a good day to be a Brazil fan. But we'll, we'll still see uh, the Copa America final coming up soon. We'll see who Brazil plays against. And now we are going to move in to the confirmed transfers. Um, this one was confirmed uh, yesterday or two days ago, but Adrian Rabio is going to Juve. Uh, it is a really good tr- transfer. Juve continue just robbing people on the Bosman market, Bosman and uh, free transfer market. Um, so do you think now with Aaron Ramsey, uh, with Matuidi, with Rabio, do you like Juve uh, in the Champions League next year, Kiel? Uh You know what? This makes him look a lot better. Um, I don't think they probably, like, on paper look really, really strong right now. It's just the thing of putting it all together, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, they're unfortunate to come up against Ajax this year, and Ajax was just that team that were destined to win it until uh, Lucas happened. 
but um they needed they look really well like they are they play really well together and you know it's just a stroll in the park in the league every year so they gotta like at least take it a little bit more seriously now so i feel like um they'll be fine Rabio's a great signing. Ramsey's a great signing. They only made those signings for free, basically. So you still have Chan. You still have uh, Pjanic. You still have Matuidi, Benton Kier, all of those guys. So yeah, you you have a solid midfield base. And uh, maybe the light being on the way too would help. Yeah, I'm not so sure about the Rabio deal. Um just because I'm, I'm gonna wait and see what his attitude is but i mean it's it's the best locker room you can go into i mean a locker room dominated by Chiellini and then buffon coming back like ain't no bs will be tolerated um yep. in that locker room uh, i'm i'm more excited for the ramsey deal just because i think that to be successful in the champions league you need midfield with energy i mean Obviously, we've seen Liverpool this year. Both both Liverpool and Tottenham, um, they had Suzoko on one hand, and on the other hand, Liverpool had kind of a combination of Henderson, Milner, and Wijnaldum all charging forward, all good on the ball, all just workmen who fought really hard for the team. So I feel like you definitely need that in a Champions League winning side, just players that will give their all um, and do anything for the shirt. So... I really like this this summer so far by Juve. It's looking a solid year, um, and it's just absolute steals for two players. Um, and on the other hand, the the club that Rabio is leaving from PSG they, today they signed Pablo Sarabia for twenty mil, um, and they should be expected to announce Andrew Herrera soon. So, do you think it's going to be a, a PSG Juve final, Gil? <laughs> um. <laughs> Nah, I don't think so. But Sarabia is a good signing for them to replace Rabio. And um for twenty we'll million. We'll... Yeah, that's a cheap this... I mean he's a little bit older though. Mm-hmm. He's like twenty nine thirty, I think. So um But yeah, he's still a solid player, solid midfielder. So yeah, this should be this should uh, have nothing to worry about there. Adding to that midfield. So uh, yeah, this should be pretty good, but I still don't see anything European for them anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, if if they do get something back for Neymar, like if they're able to finesse a Dembele or a Coutinho with a hundred million, um, mm-hmm. there's still time in the transfer window. Um, if they're able to get that deal done quick to go back and and reinvest that money somewhere, but still, Europe is. I mean, City is going to be going all out this year. Mm-hmm. Barca, Barca, it looks like they're getting and keeping Griezmann, so. A, a lot of teams, obviously, we just talked about Juve. Um, the elites are going to come back, and they're really going to go for it this year. Um, and t- talking about elites going for it, Arsenal, man. they Today, they are just blew my mind with the signing. Gabriel Martinelli, the feared striker that everyone was after um, from a fourth-tier side in Brazil. <laughs> You cannot make this stuff up, folks. But Gabriel Martinelli signed for Arsenal today. Six, uh, six million euro deal, pounds. Um, not quite sure about that yet. But uh, what, what do you think about this, Akil? Is this the next Kylian Mbappe? Ooh, this is like some football manager level scouting right here. Like, <laughs> I ain't, this is the next wonder kid out of the fourth division. 
Uh-huh. He got a five star potential. Uh, I don't know, dude. I, I can't. I, I don't want to judge the kid and be like, oh, he's going to be a scrub. He's going to be a or anything. Uh, he's still young. He came for the fourth tier. You did say he uh, started his career Corinthians as a youth. I don't. I mean, I, I can't judge a kid, but I, I don't know what they're doing. So uh, I'm going to just leave them be. Yeah. And I, yeah, obviously, no one can really judge him yet because um, there's not much to see about him. Um, he hasn't played much professionally he did get invited to the copa america training camp um but he's he's never made the team and obviously he hasn't even played like first proper first division football so mm-hmm. it, it'll be interesting to see like if he does stay a part of the squad and he plays games here and there or if they're just gonna loan him out but the the part that worries me about this deal is i've been hearing so much that arsenal don't have money and they're over here low bidding for Wilfred Zaha um and I mean six million for Arsenal is a lot like that that could have been six million towards Zaha um and they already have Reese Nelson who's you know a very promising player um who's looks to play off the wing so uh I hope this kid proves me wrong but I, I don't like the deal from an Arsenal perspective I just don't yeah we'll see what happens yeah uh and yeah we'll we'll see about zaha too obviously he's at he's at afcon right now um and arsenal's trying to get him but knowing arsenal and the fact that they're trying to lowball i mean they they're bidding less for zaha than united bought aaron wambisaka for um yeah so that's that deal is going to take a while and the transfer window is going to end end sooner rather than later. Um, so we'll keep you updated with all the newest deals and rumors as they come. But that's going to wrap up our football segment. And now in part two, we're going to come at you and update you with everything to do with NBA free agency. Stay tuned. Welcome back to part two of the Bottom Live podcast. Um, and this weekend was insane. Um, if you guys didn't know, I, I was listening to ESPN about this, but the reason, one of the biggest reasons why free agency just went off on Sunday um, is because they moved up the free agency um, start window. So normally uh, free agency would start at midnight um, and not a lot of deals would get done. Only like the the really big ones. Um, so, you know, you'd have a few deals get done and then the next couple of days, you know, teams would still kind of work things out. But now that free agency started, I want to say uh, it was 3 p.m. Pacific time, I think 6 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, that's what yeah, it was. But yeah, teams were just handing out the cash. Um, everyone, it seems like everyone's agent was on the phone like 24-7. Because these deals were just coming left and right. In the end, over $3 billion. Bro, that's some Avengers numbers, bro. What the hell? $3 bro, that's some Titanic numbers, man. Those are some that's box crazy. office numbers. $3 billion was spent. Um, and just to just to give you a quick rundown of some of the biggest deals. Um, obviously, KD, four years, 164. Kyrie, four, four years, 141. Kemba, four years, 141. Jimmy Butler, four years, 140. Clay, five, 190. 
Tobias Harris, five years, 180 million. Chris Middleton, five years, 178. Just money was being thrown. Um, and Akil, do you think that this is good for the NBA or bad for the NBA? Well, I actually don't know how the I don't think the NBA like really cares. I think it's good for the players, obviously, that they get paid. Uh-huh. And I guess the teams are just throwing out the money because you know that's the part of the game. Now the game has become a richer game, and uh, all these old heads be mad because they be making so much money. Oh God! And they didn't make that back in the day. So I mean, that's the nature of it now. Like it's a more attractive thing. More people view it now, so that's why more money comes into the game. Higher ticket prices, all of that stuff. So yeah, obviously these guys are gonna get paid and stuff. So I mean, that's just the nature of the game now. I'm sure, like it seems kind of weird that a player is getting like a seventy-five, seventy-three million dollar contract for four years or whatever. But that's just the nature of it now. Right. And I, I don't. I don't mean to come off as a hater. Obviously, I want you are you are what you're worth. Um, yep. In in a market, but the the thing that does worry me is that. Anytime big contracts end up getting handed out two years down the line, someone is trying to desperately trade that contract. Um, So we'll see. I mean, normally the better GMs know what they're doing, and those those are the teams that end up competing. But, um, yeah, a lot of deals done. And then what I liked about this – uh, this window is some small market teams made some big moves. I mean, when you look at Utah, they solidified their front. Um, the Pacers nabbed Malcolm Brogdon. So next year, Brogdon and Depot. Um, oh, in, man. Oh, man. That's, that's going to be a nice little one-two with Miles Turner. Um, obviously, they lost Bogdanovich, but still Depot, man. Depot Jeez. is a monster. Yeah. Um, and, a, and a couple of... Of uh of players such as Al Horford, a couple of them switch teams, but I want to start off with Jimmy Butler because this dude, this guy's had the craziest year. I mean, he got his way out of Minnesota because they weren't serious enough, and he wanted to win a championship. He goes to Philly. He's loved by the fans. They're only, they're literally overtime away from playing in the NBA Finals. I mean, it's literally the luckiest bounce in NBA history. Um, and Philly offers him the max. Um, he, he balled out for them, and then he ends up going to the Miami Heat. It it doesn't make sense to me um, because he, he prided himself so much on playing hard and wanting to win a championship. But... Uh, you- I mean, I don't know. I mean, he's. I feel like you know, D Wade's influenced him that much of the year they've been team set. He just wants to be another D Wade, you know. And I feel like going to Miami is just another Chicago situation for him, where he's probably not going to have enough help or whatever. They'll make the playoffs, but won't really do nothing with it. So. Yeah, and I mean. I mean, for played him, I mean Miami's a lit city. <laughs> like, don't get yeah, me wrong. He's on- he gonna have fun. Yeah, and I mean, he gonna keep a lot of his money. Obviously, the taxes aren't. I don't think they have any state tax, um, or if they do, it's very little. Um, so I mean, he's gonna live yeah. his life in Miami post D Wade. It gives it gives the Miami fans something to cheer about. Um, and you you never know too because um, next year's free agent class is 
not going to be very star-studded. But 2021, you have some big free agents coming off the books. I think Giannis, he'll probably stay with the Supermax. But you never know. I mean, Jimmy's only 30. So, I mean, two years from now, I mean, he'll still be a, a, a good quality good quality player. Um, uh-huh. So it's it's not like he's going to waste away. There's still an opportunity. I mean, if anyone wants to win, it's Pat Riley. So, yep. Um, good, good, tra- good tradition and good basketball culture, but um, but yeah, it it leaves a hole in Philly. But they went out and they said goodbye. They gave that money to Tobias Harris and Al Horford. Both of them got paid. Um, so even though Jimmy Butler's out of Philly, do you do you still think that the Sixers hold the top spot in the East? Yeah. I think there is the East is theirs to lose now. I mean, sure you got a uh, you got Alf Horford, maybe that helps. I don't know, but you know you still you still have uh, Embiid playing well. Simmons, you just gave a big contract to as well. You got Richardson from Miami. You um, who's it? Who's they got? Who am I forgetting? Uh, Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris. Yeah, Tobias Harris as well. Prominent scorer. So, yeah, I think they'll be fine. You see, my my only problem with the Sixers is. Simmons is not threatening anybody from outside. Um, yeah, Horford. Horford has a nice little shot, but you know he's not a wing player. Neither is Embiid. I mean, they both can shoot, but they're not wing players. Um, and Jimmy Butler, he was just to me such a good wing player, so such a good three and D guy if he needed to be. Um, and then JJ Redick was just a sharpshooter, bro. Yep. So to me, when when you have a, a starting five that includes Ben Simmons and Bede and Horford, I mean teams can just hog the paint really. Like yep. they they just need to have one guy out there on Tobias really, um, and Jay Rich, and I mean they can kind of just ease off everybody else. So, and then I still don't believe in Brett Brown. I've never liked him as a coach. Um, I thought he made some goofy call, goofy decisions in the playoffs. Um, so we'll see. I mean, this season's really going to ride on Ben Simmons because uh, Embiid was so close to pulling them over the line, but he, I think it showed with his health. Like, you can't trust him. They, they need – if they're giving Ben Simmons a max and Tobias Harris a max, they need them to step up. Um so we will we will see on the Sixers. Um, the Celtics obviously lost our Horford and Kyrie Irving, but they did get Kemba, Kemba Walker. Um, so do you you don't see them? You don't see the Celtics or the Bucks making some noise in the East? Uh, the Bucks will probably be the two seed. Celtics probably be a four again. They uh, Kemba's a good signing for them. And they already have Jalen Brown. They have um, Tatum Jason has to Tatum step as well. Up. That's uh, Gordon Hayward has to play a lot better now. He's we figured out that he's fully recovered now. Um, th- who else did they sign? They signed somebody else. I can't remember. They signed name. Ennis Cantor. Cantor, there you go. <laughs> and uh, Cantor will be a nice player off the bench for them as well. So yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll be all right. But they're not going to contend in the East this year. Yeah, and it'll it'll. I'm actually looking forward to seeing the Celtics because everyone two years ago, obviously they didn't have Kyrie in the playoffs and it was like Rogier and Tatum leading them in the playoffs. 
They yep. they fought the Cavs to seven games. Everyone was saying like, "Yo, Kyrie comes back, we win it, we sweep in the NBA Finals, bro." What you mean? And then obviously last year Kyrie came back and ruined everything. Um, yep, basically. So so yeah, that'll be interesting. It's it's pretty much Tatum, it's Kemba, Tatum, and Gordon Hayward. So, and Kemba Walker is not a player that has a big ego. So I mean Brad Stevens, it's kind of that same energy. He has, yep. he has a a good team of unselfish guys. Um, so let's see if he can work his magic. And then the yep, Bucks, definitely. yeah, the Bucks, um, they lost Malcolm Brogdon, which a lot of people thought that would happen just because um, they had they had to pay Chris Middleton, who's obviously the Robin to Giannis's Batman. Um, yep. And then Brooke Lopez played so well in the playoffs that they kind of had to pay him. Um, but they also lost Meritich, who went to Barcelona. <laughs> that was crazy. I mean, he, he's getting paid in the EuroLeague. I think he's the EuroLeague's highest paid player now. Yep. Um, but I, I still don't. I, I think they're going to miss him in Brogdon. Um, so yeah, they definitely will. Yeah, those are those are two underrated scorers on the team. They still have their core besides those two, but you know it's kind of hard to replace them. So yeah, I so, don't know what they're gonna what else they're gonna do. They might make a couple more moves in free agency. Yeah, but, um, yeah. They kept uh, they kept Brook Lopez, they kept Middleton, they kept George Hill as well. So yeah, and then I mean, so right now I would I would say it's pretty much a two horse race between Philly. Um, Philly and Milwaukee as far as best team in the East just because the Celtics they lost probably two of their most influential players in Kyrie and Al Horford yeah. but if Kawhi comes back the Raptors are the best team in the East yeah I would say I would agree with that because if he goes back then Marcus Saul is also going to stay Danny Green's going to go back as well so yeah, mm-hmm. they're gonna they're gonna have basically the same core for last year. Yeah, and then, then they still still that uh hope that you know they they try and keep him. You know they're they're throwing the kitchen sink at him. Maybe Drake's gonna come in and uh <laughs> offer to get offer up his plane for Kawhi or whatever. Yeah, and then another another thing too about um about the Raptors, Siakam. I mean, he was balling out. Like, mm-hmm. he is a perennial star in the making. Um, so even if they don't get Kawhi, they're still definitely going to be a playoff game, a playoff team. And then Fred Van Fleet. Fred yep. Van Fleet. Dad Van Fleet. He had a son, <laughs> turned it up. I mean, yeah, he, he's going to be – he's a great playoff performer. we already seen that from this year. Um, yeah, him, Siakam, Lowry, that's and, still a solid team. And the, they're getting uh, OG and Ulibi back. Um, and he was, he's been a very promising – prospect um in the making so yep. the east really kind of depends on Kawhi. if Kawhi comes back I, I would say toronto is going back to the finals but if he doesn't you, you, you just gotta it's a roll the dice and it's either going to be the bucks the celtics or the sixers yep. um but another team in the east that isn't gonna really be challenging next year but in 2021 the Nets. How, how did they pull this off, bro? How? How? Um, how, Sway? I think, I think, I think Ky- because Kyrie already switched his, 
his uh plan to his um agency to rock nation a lot of, yeah them. a lot of people said that was them. yeah that was the turning point when they yeah, knew like for them. sure Kyrie is going to be in it going to brooklyn i think the thing is like you know playing for the hometown in quotation because he's from new jersey um hometown nets was motivation for him he always want, i guess that's something that he always wanted to do he dropped a video too and yeah it was like that's yeah that's a great video and so yeah i mean like yeah going to brooklyn shiny arena uh russian owners decent team around you. yeah you're gonna have fun deandre jordan's with you this year as well so you know nice little pick and roll game there and um he has the freedom as the star player now to do whatever he wants right now and then next year when KD comes back hopefully healthy as he can be um then everything goes well for them and they can you know we can get a lakers nets uh final again uh, yeah another, another sweep <laughs> but um you know one thing that I've learned about super teams is it's never quite as rosy as you imagine it. Um, I mean, there's a couple of teams, for example, like when, when Shaq and Kobe linked up, I mean, it was just chips after chips. Um, You know, MJ. Chips with the dip. Give me the (laughs) chips with the dip. I want my chips with the dip. When you pull up to a Mexican restaurant, <laughs> yeah, and I mean, obviously, even going back, like MJ and Pippen and like Dennis Rodman, um, but in recent in recent years, I mean, even if you look at when LeBron went to Miami, like they lost their first year. It it, yeah. it took them it took them a while to kind of get used to things, and like I remember, I remember a lot of Laker fans don't want to remember this. But when we got Steve Nash and Dwight Howard, oh Dude. my goodness! We had oh, Steve Nash, Dwight Howard, the Kobe dream, and the dream team, the Princeton offense, bro. If it, it fell apart within a week, I think Mike Brown got fired after like five games. Um, I mean, yeah, that wasn't a great idea. Yeah, and then even last year with with LeBron, like you think that one player is gonna change your franchise, and obviously LeBron, I mean, he proved that his whole career. But it didn't quite go as I planned. So the thing that worries me about this Nets team is, I mean, obviously Kyrie and KD are good friends because, I mean, you'd have to be to, you know, decide to commit four years of your future. Yeah. I mean, it's a big commitment. But they're two weird guys, and I don't see how their personalities are going to mesh on the floor. I don't know if you see how that works. Um, I don't know. I mean, the most we can get from these guys playing together is an all-star team. Oh, definitely. Team. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all we have, like, from them, like, playing together. So we can't really, like, you know, the Olympics, they're playing against everybody in the world, but they're still going to beat everybody by, like, 50. That's not really anything. And then the all-star game is just a fun exhibition game they play together. And so right. you don't really know how this is going to go, but it, right. it, it might turn out to be very well. You never know. Right, or my book turned out to be very bad. Yeah, and I mean, it it's a good move for both their legacies. Um, yeah, I'll say that because Kyrie, he, Boston was fed up with him. Like he he had lost the fans a long time ago. Um, and then same with KD too. Um, most NBA fans don't have any type of respect for him, and then even Warriors fans. Um, there's been a lot of talk about how disrespectful the team was to him. I don't know if you've seen that clip from, 
I think the parade, uh, yeah, parade last time they won where Bob Myers. Yeah, he, he's like, yeah, I'm not giving you nothing. I'm not giving you a contract. Like, <laughs> yeah, like Steph like, was here first. Like he was with us, you know. Like it felt yeah, like, yeah, like no. Yeah, I, I, I no, Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> uh, like no matter what KD could have done, like no one was giving him any type of respect. Yep, and I think the boiling point and the point where it was just like, oh, okay, for real, like this is yeah, that's it, I'm done. It was the whole Draymond Green incident, like mm-hmm. for you to say, hey, we don't need you, we won without you. This is like, wow, okay, so I came here, uh, and helped you out, win you two more rings, and that's how you gotta like treat me as a as a player like that. So you know what, fuck, I'm gonna pack up my stuff and go to New York, and you guys can just stay in Golden State, and we'll, I'll see you in this. That's basically about it. Yeah, and then. The, cr- the crazy part about his legacy, too, is, like, a lot of people obviously are, are talking down on him because he went to a team that already won the championship. But if he does, if KD does not go to the Warriors, they do not win another ring against LeBron James. The Warriors? Yes. Yeah, definitely. I even think that Oklahoma City, if he would have stayed, would have beat them the next year and gone to the finals. Yeah, like... It's crazy because he still doesn't get respect because, you know, obviously, I mean, he had he had Golden State like he he had them in the palm of his hand. Like he was that close. Him and Russ were that close from NBA finals. Um, So a lot of people always see it as like a coward move that he joined them. But he was actually what they needed. Like he was that mercenary that they needed to just get the job done. Um, yep. But he, that's what he's always going to be seen as. I think that's what he didn't realize. Like he, he felt that it was going to be a legacy reset for him, and it just wasn't. It was just like he was always just going to be seen as the mercenary. He's going to be seen as like the Darrell, Darrell Revis or the like Akil Talib of the NBA. Yeah. So, um, I think it's good though for him that no one will kind of be talking about him next year like he will just be able to get his mind right his body right um lord knows he needs to get his mind right he needs to stay off of twitter um <laughs> and just let Kyrie run the team and then we'll, they can see how it goes from there um and lastly how did the warriors get d'angelo russell Oh man, that was one of the moves where it's just like, what? For what? It's just like the Nets they... did not have to agree to this. Why are yeah, you making them stronger? Um, I guess because of the uh, how he got paid, and they were the only only team willing to take that contract. Maybe it's just like I don't know because Minnesota doesn't have the cast space. Lakers didn't have the cast space at the time to. Well, they do, but they want to go after Kawhi. Yeah, and then want to pay that much money to give to D'Angelo, and the Warriors are just like, all right, fine, we'll take him. So what a lot of people are saying is going to happen is that they're going to use him for a future trade trade pick. You know, like they're, he's not going to stay there for long. Right. But um, even at that, like you know, a backcourt Clay's going to be injured, so maybe a backcourt of Curry and D'Angelo is just going to be rocking for a couple months, and then until they decide what happens with his future, if they want to keep him or. Right, and I've I've heard a lot this uh, a lot about this too that he's gonna be a trade chip, but honestly, like who do they trade D'Angelo for? Um, like I shoot. I just don't see it. People talking about oh well he's just a trade chip to get somebody better. 
I mean, but who though? Like, to me, I personally like D'Angelo. I think he should stay because, if if anything, I'm I'm thinking about playoff time. I'm not I'm not even thinking about regular season, but in the playoffs. Golden State is at its best when Clay is running off screens, just mm-hmm. spotting up and shooting. And believe it or not, Steph, as good of his as good handles as he has, he is also at his best when he is just spotting up because he runs rings around the whole defense. And I don't know if you've seen that meme where it's like the dude running around the whole uh, the whole gym. Have you seen it? Yeah. <laughs> That's what, exactly what he does, though. But, yeah, that's when he's best. So maybe playing D'Angelo at that point guard position and, like, Curry just play off the wing a little bit better would. Work. Right, right, right. So I, I really like that decision because I felt, too, um, in the playoffs when when Clay and Durant went down, I think it was game, game four of the finals um, when it was just Curry and he had, like, that 50-point game. Um, like, it was literally just him, like, nobody else was going to contribute like yeah quinn cook makes a couple of buckets here and there like iguodala gets a couple buckets here and there but like they they need another solid shooter and scorer um and d'angelo could offer both i'm not saying he's the best because he, he he's not an all-star in the west but i i don't see how they trade him just because they don't really have any other assets it's not like they can give up I mean, everyone Everyone else that's left on the roster is like a bench player because um, they're going to keep Looney. They're going to keep Draymond. Um, so, like, Quinn, Quinn Cook is really the only other asset and, like, some draft picks. Um, yeah. So, but I, I do like D'Lo running point. Um, and the Warriors will be good. I think they'll make the playoffs. Maybe, like, a 5-6 seed without Clay for four months. But come playoff time when Clay comes back, I like this team. Not saying they're going to win it, but I like this team. Yeah. Um, and then, lastly, man, the one deal that hasn't been done yet. This man, Kawhi Leonard, bro. He He's just looking at this whole league. He's just watching all these deals go down. Every, like, literally every, every good free agent has been signed. Like, if you're playing 2K, like, it's only, like, 60s and 50s left on the board. <laughs> Other than like, <laughs> other than like Danny Green, yeah. Um, so where does he go, man? What's what's he thinking? The rumors are that the Lakers are the front runners right now. I mean, obviously, they have the star power, and you have LeBron at AD, and LeBron's only here for two more years because he has that player option where he can uh, he can opt out, and most likely he always opts out. So most likely he will take that and he will go. So to have Ky- um. Kawhi and AD there as a future. That would be something that maybe be his incentive. Plus, LA, big market. Um, you get to get your new balance out there a little bit more as well. So that might be an idea. Clippers-wise, they have the cap space to go get him. And um, he can bring whoever he wants to that, you know. And it's the same thing. Like, you know, only you're the face of the franchise uh, uh, on this team right now where you wouldn't be on the Lakers right now because LeBron's there. But um, you'd be the face of the franchise talking to town for the Clippers if they have any more fans. And, um, yeah. And then back to Toronto, you could – you just won a title there, and the whole country loves you. So why not go back? 
But um, for right now, for my own selfish reasons, I'd rather see Kawhi come to the Lakers. Yeah, I mean, obviously I would love to see him come to the Lakers too, but the only problem I have with Kawhi and the way he's approached free agency is like, for the Clippers, it's literally Kawhi or bust. Like, there are no more tier one, tier two free agents left on the market anymore. Like, those were all gone literally on Sunday. Seth Curry's off the market. Um, they did get Patrick Beverly back, but ev- everyone's gone. Same for the Lakers, too. A lot of people wanted Seth Curry. He's gone. A lot, like JJ Redick, gone. Yeah. Um, just uh, Terrence Ross stayed, stayed with the Magic. Like, obviously, we got Jared Dudley today. Um, that's that's a huge deal. Psych. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Big three coming soon. Yeah, his uh, his Twitter profile is freaking hilarious. He, he he's they got to play that video. Uh, uh, she want to be Cardi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they got to do the L.A. remix, bro. That's what I said. That's what literally we had. We have our free agency uh, group chat on Twitter, and we were literally talking about that. And uh, when it happened today, I sent them the videos. Like, we got Jerry Dudley. Let's go, <laughs> bro. The be- they got to get Robert Sacre back just for the bench. Just him and Dudley just going. Yeah, off. yeah, that'll be jokes. Yeah, but yeah, like if we do get Kawhi, like it's literally Kawhi, LeBron, AD. Kuz and a whole bunch of nobodies. Um, well, you can Rondo. Rondo's probably most likely coming back as well. So that's the that's the starting fight of theory with. Yeah, Rondo, and then we'll see if McGee of uh, Javale McGee comes back. But yeah, so, for yeah, but for uh, my predict, uh, my prediction of a Lakers lineup would be uh, if everything goes well, Rondo and Kawhi uh, backcourt, and then Kuz, LeBron, and then AD frontcourt. I feel like that would be a team to be reckoned with. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah, and then if, if he goes back to the Raptors, if he goes back to the Raptors, I think he's going back to the finals again. Yeah. Um, so it's tough. Uh, to me, it looks like L.A., um, either the Clippers or um, the Lakers, just because I also feel like, This kind of reminds me of the of the Zidane situation when he resigned. Like mm-hmm. Zidane knew like that was literally the perfect legacy. Like I'm gonna win three and I'm gone. Like I'm gonna leave it how it was. Like I'm gonna keep my respect around here because like you you can't do anything better. Like because if because yeah. to me what I'm thinking is like if if he stays in Toronto right signs five years whatever the max. And then year one, you know, they go in the playoffs, they get knocked out, whatever. Then year two, same kind of contenders, but not really there. Everyone loves them still. But then year three, he's hurt. Um, he's he's quiet, you know. So, like, he's yeah. hurt. And then the fans are just kind of like, eh. Oh. You know, like, the, the, the respect and the loyalty kind of goes down over time as people people, you know, forget. And then year four, it's like, oh, well, he's hurt again. And, like, he's he's not being a leader, this and that. Like, to me, I think he should just leave his legacy. Like, just leave it perfect as it is. Like, who cares? Yeah, yeah. Who, who cares what people say? To me, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. But 
Yeah. Uh, to me, it's always best to go out on a high. That's what Ronaldo and Zidane did. So that's what Vincent Company did. Yep. Um, and then, it's to you, Vincent Company. City loves you more than you will know. Whoa. Sorry, I had to get that. It's all right. I'll make sure I cut that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then obviously, another big thing that you brought up, I'll, I'll give you credit for, is New Balance. Yeah. Like, I definitely think they want him to be in LA. I don't think they have a preference. Pro- probably the Lakers would be the preference. Yeah, because they'll get more attention. Yeah, but like, if they're able to bring New Balance to LA, like, that is a huge market. Imagine all these hipsters wearing New Balances. Uh, that would be sick Um, but yeah apparently he's he met with the Raptors today from what I know um, and he's going to no one really knows yet but he's he's going to meet with I think the Lakers or the Clippers one more time no one really no one really knows exactly but he's still getting meetings done this week Um, and it could be until the end of the week till till we hear something from him and we'll see the once once he signs free agency is pretty much over like the rest of the deals are just minimum deals um yep. so once Kawhi signs we will hop on and we will talk about it i don't care where i'm at we'll i'll do a podcast from the toilet bro like, <laughs> definitely like, like, yeah, I, this is a big news yeah like i remember i did the same thing with uh when Mourinho got sacked it was like 2 a.m bro and i made a video <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah once once Kawhi is a laker we will definitely talk about that um and we'll update you guys um as far as football as far as transfers go within the next couple of days uh we'll probably have another episode out later this week so thank you guys for listening once again uh, make sure to subscribe um, on youtube show some love on uh, apple podcast show him some love um, subscribe to my boy akil i'll leave his info down below and take care y'all all right see y'all